Hello, this is Monocle Reads. I'm Georgina Godwin. My guest today is a Swedish Sami journalist and writer. She's had a prolific career as a children's author and her 2016 novel, Ten Past One, won the Swedish August Prize for Fiction in the children and young adult category. Her first book for adults is Stolen, a thought-provoking coming-of-age novel about a young indigenous woman as she tries to protect her culture from xenophobia and defend her family's reindeer herd from devious hunters and the growing threat of climate crisis. Anne-Helene Lestadius, welcome to Monocle Reads. Thank you very much. All of you, as we see in Sami. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would really like you to tell us about the Sami people. It's it's a group of people that at Monocle we're very, very interested in. And it spans not just Sweden, but many nations and has a turbulent history. I wonder if you could explore that a little bit for us. Yes, uh, the Sami people, we live in four countries in Sweden, Norway, Finland and also Russia. And we have like a common history, of course. And um, most people, when they think about the Sami, they think about reindeer herders. But only like 10% of the Sami people are reindeer herders. So many of us have different kind of lives, like me living in Stockholm now, but I come from Kiruna, high up in the north. And I have always been, you know, like very much in the culture, but I haven't had any reindeers, but my mother has. And uh, yeah, the Sami people has a very... Uh, you can call it a tragic history here in Sweden. We have been uh, through a lot of problems, like my mother, who was taken to a boarding school at seven years old. The government had decided that the reindeer herders children couldn't go to the ordinary schools because they were thought of as lesser worth people and uh, less intelligent and so on. And also there have been... Um, Sami reindeer herders that had to move from their pastures to other parts of Sápmi. And yeah, so the history is very dark, you can say. Now, you're of mixed Swedish and Sami heritage yourself. What are the challenges faced by Sami people in modern Sweden? Well, I would say it's quite different. If you're a reindeer herder, like in my book Stolen, then I explain all the difficulties that they are facing, like the mining companies coming in on the pastures that they need for the reindeers or the forest companies, but also the climate changes and uh, some hatred that is affecting all of us. Because, um, yeah, you know, the, the Swedish government put this on us a long time ago in the like 100 years ago uh, when they decided that um, the Sami people were like lesser worth and there were race biologists coming and measuring the Sami people to yeah they wanted to divide the people and say that the Swedish people is one way and the Sami people is in another way and this has been with us since then because uh, when the state is telling you that the Sami people is of a lower race, then the people of Sweden will think that. And uh, there is also the problems with land and hunting and fishing in the Sápmi area where the reindeer herders often are attacked because they have more rights uh, to fish and hunt in some areas. And this is getting very toxic in some of the communities in Sápmi. And in Stockholm and in other capitals in Helsinki or other places in which Sámi people live, would you say there is outright racism? 
I would say that it's quite different here for me in Stockholm, um, mostly because a lot of people don't even know what a Sami is and they can see on me that I am a Sami. So I'm not uh, being attacked like I could be when I was living up in Kiruna. When I was working as a journalist there, some of the readers were not happy about the fact that I was writing a lot of articles about the Sami people. They would come in to my office and tell me uh, like very bad things about me and my heritage and also the children in Sápmi is facing much more racism than my son is here in Stockholm. He hasn't been through that at all but the children who are living in these communities in Sápmi where there are reindeer herders and when the, where there are a, a strong Sámi community there you have much more racism towards uh, children and adults. And Tell us about your first day of school, because it seems like that was a a seminal moment for you. Yeah, I was growing up in a family uh, with my mother, who is a Sami, and my father is a Tornadalian. And uh, everything has been had been great at home. You know, I was in the culture. My mother spoke Sami. She wore the the Gakti, the Sami uh, dress, and we had uh, Sami handicraft. And uh, my uncles and cousins were reindeer herders, so I was a Sami. I felt like a Sami, and I had no problems with it. But I also wondered why my mother never wanted me to learn Sami. She didn't want to give me the language, and this was a a big sorrow for me. And I didn't understand why, but then. And when I started school, it was obvious that the Sami children were treated differently and uh, could be bullied and called names. And that was a turning point for me. And I got somewhat scared and I decided to be Swedish in school and still be the Sami at home. But in school, I had to protect myself and don't speak about my heritage. So the protagonist of your book, Stolen, is a young girl called Elsa. Those experiences that you had at school, is is there a part of, of you in young Elsa? Yeah, I think so. Elsa is kind of affected of the problems both in school, but also in the reindeer herding family. I'm not from a reindeer herding family, but the way she feels when they get abused and attacked is something that I relate to and the feelings comes from me and I have like put them into Elsa. Uh, So we are pretty much alike. And when she's a young woman, like when the book has, when she's around her twenties, then she's a lot like me. I was also very angry fighting for the Sami rights. And I had finally like understood what I had done to myself when I was hiding my my heritage. So uh, in that way, yes, Elsa is like fighting like like I was in that age. Now, the book starts with Elsa going to check on the family's reindeer herd and she witnesses a man killing her reindeer. And obviously the, the story goes from, from there. When the book came out, was there a lot of backlash about these descriptions of very real animal torture? No, I was a little bit afraid when I wrote the book. And that is also why I couldn't point out a specific village or city. So I just called them villages and cities because I was afraid that the reindeer herders that I had interviewed and been with out in the woods to write this book, I was afraid that they might get hurt or that their reindeers would be even more tortured and killed. Uh, So I was a bit careful, but I wasn't scared for myself. 
And as far as I know, no one has been a victim of more crimes because of the book. But on the other hand, I have seen, and the reindeer herders has also told me, that they have seen some change in the police uh, willing to investigate, that they are maybe doing it a little bit more now, because uh, when the book came out, a lot of people like reacted in the south of Sweden. They were they didn't know about this. So they were like so upset. There was a lot of um, writing about this and people contacting me and saying, this is awful. What can we do? Uh, so I think the book has mainly been good, I think. Mm. In the book, there's also you explore the tension between different Sami families within the Sami community. Yes, it was important for me to write a book there uh, where there were also conflicts and problems within the Sami community, as it is in the real life. One thing is uh, Elsa's uh, mother. Uh, she comes from a family where they are hiding their Sami identity and she have had some problems to be accepted. She's called a Rivgu, uh, that is like a non-Sami woman. And uh, Elsa's uh, grandmother is kind of annoyed and she's, she's not really liking Elsa's mother because she's not a real Sami. And this is also a problem that can happen within the community that you don't get accepted if you don't have like... Uh, Sami roots that are strong and uh, visible in one way. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this and also Elsa, the problems she's facing as a woman trying to get into the Sami bee as a full member. And now she's under her father, who is the full member and has the right to vote. And it's hard for women and especially young women to take place in the Sami bee. It's very, it's like always the men who are carrying on the tradition and the sons are the ones who is going to take over. But Elsa, she's struggling and fighting for her right to be a reindeer herder full time. Mm. Tell us about the research for this, because as you say, you're not actually from a reindeer herding family yourself, but you did go and immerse yourself in that culture. Yeah, yes, I did. I have a lot of friends and cousins and other relatives who are reindeer herders. So I went out with them and it was a really cool experience. I have been doing this before also because it's uh, so close to me, but I had to be with them in a daily basis to see what their lives were like. And I also did a lot of interviews with reindeer herders and especially one of them, a young woman, Sara. She was absolutely fantastic. Uh, she was the one who gave me 100 police reports that showed that the police hadn't done anything, no investigation, not anything. They just say it's, they can't do anything. There are no traces and the area is so big. We can't go out there and all the kind of argumentations that they were coming with. To talk with Sarah was very emotional and she was uh, very sad, but at the same time, very strong. So she is really, I used a lot of her, her personality when I wrote Elsa also. Mm. Let's just talk about these police reports and what's happening to reindeers, because the criminal hunters out there are not just stealing or killing the animals, they're torturing them too. And the police are just, it, it would seem, by looking at the what you write about the police reports, ignoring this. Yes, mm, they say it's um, too uh, hard to find the ones who are doing this. Um, the areas, especially from the area where I come from, it's really, really big. And uh, often it's just 
one police car in duty every day. So if it is a crime in the city, then they would go to investigate that. And then when a reindeer herder is calling from somewhere like 200 kilometers from the city, they say, we can't do it. And also because this is classified as theft. Uh, so they won't prioritize a theft. And that is one of the big problems that uh, this isn't a hunting crime or animal torture. So um, that's also the reason why these men are killing. They know they will get away with it because the police won't do anything. So it's really, really hard. And it's also very heartbreaking for the reindeer herders to not be listen to. But why are the animals being tortured? Is this part of the racism? Is this a, this is yeah. a hate crime? Yes, yes, it is. You can't go out shooting a reindeer herder, but you can torture and kill the reindeers. And then you will get to the reindeer herders that way. You hurt them really bad. I mean, the reindeer herders that I met, some of them were like crying because they have personal bonds to their reindeers. They have names on some of them. And as they say, this is not our job. This is our lives. Uh, so it's hurting them so much. Mm. There's a, a lovely phrase you use. You say the lake gave way to forest, but she wasn't afraid. She was never afraid because she knew exactly where she was and could always find her way home. And I'd just like to examine the Sami people and their relationship to nature and how nature is different when you know it, when you understand it and you respect it. For us, the nature is like sacred in a way, uh, the places that we visit and uh, the places where we walk or where we go by snowmobile or are out fishing are places where our ancestors have been walking before us. And they had had, as we talked about earlier, some really hard struggles in their lives. And it's really important to pass on the traditions and to be careful of nature, to be careful of our ancestors and all that matters so much for us. And for the reindeer herders, it's their livelihood and it's really important for the reindeers and they need the lands to make their reindeer herds be living. And uh, so it's really hard when when there are coming mining companies destroying the lands. They are not destroying the pastures. They're also destroying memories and places that mean so much to us. And I suppose also poisoning the rivers with the waste from the mines and so on. I mean, how is the environment and the impact of mining on the environment affecting the Sami people? And I suppose the wider question, climate change as a whole. Yeah, it's really problematic with the mining companies and uh, there are a lot of uh, battles going on now in one place that is called Jokkmokk where the, a big mining company wants to start up and they will like destroy the reindeer herders pastures and the tracks that they are following with their reindeers so this is really problematic and of course uh, they are really scared of what will happen to the the rivers and the forests and and not only the reindeer herders i mean everybody living in that area is uh, scared about what will happen and will it be poison in the in the water? So um, this is um, something that's really troubling. And um, the communities and uh, the politicians, they are always like, we need the work. And um, 
Yeah, it's sad that they choose work before uh, the reindeer herders' lives and the environment. And then there is the climate change. The, the Sami people and the reindeer herders mostly have been sending out warnings about this for many, many years because they have seen what is happening to the pastures and, and they see what's happening in the snow, like when the reindeers can't get to the pastures because it's raining in the middle of the winter. It has never been raining like this. And then uh, there is like ice and then snow and ice again. And then it's impossible for the reindeers to find uh, their pastures. And then you have to start feeding the reindeers. So this has been a big change for them that they can't have the reindeers free. They have to have them in special areas and feed them. Mm. I wonder in terms of identity, if most Sami people think of themselves as Sami, a race apart, or would they think of themselves as Swedish but Sami or Norwegian but Sami and so on? That's very individual, I think. For me, I see myself as a Sami living in Sweden because I have to live in some country, pay taxes and, you know, uh, somewhere. But I am a Sami and I think most of the Sami that I know feel the same way, that this is something that's very important to us, our identity and who we are. So, uh, yeah. I'm a Sami. And, and so that community exists. It kind of trumps nationalism, if you like. We aren't that many people in the Sami community. So that's why it's so important for us to stay together and keep our culture. It's very easy to be lost in the Swedish culture. Uh, so you have to like be very careful about our culture and our language, especially. Mm. Well, of course, you use some of that language in the book, which really does it creates a wonderful sense of culture and, and place. Tell us a little bit more about the language and, and your use of it. Well, I haven't been uh, able to learn Sami, as I said, and that has always been a big sorrow for me. So when I write my books, I always write it in Sami, in some parts of it, because it's important for me, for the Sami readers to see their own language, to like feel that this is about me, this is my language, my culture, my kind of people. But I also think it's important for all the other readers to see Sami in writing. It's a, a language that is I wouldn't say dying, but it is in danger because we are a lot of people who hasn't been um, taught Sami and uh, I haven't been able to give it, pass it on to my son then. So it is, it is a big problem. And that is one of the reasons why I want to write in Sami in my books. Mm, it's an absolutely fascinating book and really opens our eyes to a, a different culture. But of course, it is also just this wonderful story about this girl. There's a, a villain to Robert Isaacson. He harasses the Sami people. He tortures the reindeer. And then, of course, there's a wonderful dramatic climax, which I don't think you should tell us about. But, <laughs> but I'd love to just hear your take on the structuring of a book like this. I know you come from a crime reporting background, for instance. I mean, that must have been quite helpful in putting this book, which does contain so much crime, together. Absolutely. It has helped me a lot. I didn't want to write a crime novel like only crime. I wanted to have this family story and uh, relationships and uh, things that happens in small villages where everybody knows each other and there are crime going on between them. That was uh, much more interesting for me to explore what happens when you know who 
is the killer of the reindeers, but you you can't speak about it because you're like neighbors. And so um, uh, for me, it was a story about desperation and what that does to people and uh, how you how you go on living knowing that someone is doing this to you and or if you are out there seeking for revenge and how do you do it so yeah it has been helpful with my background and uh, i hope the readers will like the the crime parts Mm. i know that you use social media a lot for research on the book tell us more about that Well, um, the Sami people has been told about in books and films, but they have always been told in a quite prejudiced way. And uh, so I think it's so great now uh, when I see the reindeer herders and other Sami people using social media to tell our story. And that was the way everything kind of started for me when I started to follow some of the reindeer herders who were putting out these uh, horrible pictures of reindeers being tortured. Uh, So... uh, I think it's so great that we take the power over our history and we tell it from the inside. It's so important uh, Mm. to be able to do that. What are you hoping that readers, particularly readers who are not from a Sami background, will take from this book? Well, one thing that is very important for me, especially abroad, is that you might find that the country Sweden that everybody think is so like democratic and good isn't. They have treated their indigenous people very bad for centuries. And we are still living on the consequences of things that has happened like 50 or 100 years ago. And so I want people to know what is happening in Sweden. And I want people to know the Sami culture Mm. know that there is an an indigenous people in Europe. And Helen, what's next for you? Because I understand the book's getting a Netflix adaptation. Yes, I'm going home like in a couple of weeks to see the, the filming going on. So it's really exciting. So they will be in my home area for the next like three, four, five months shooting the movie. So I'm so happy about this and I'm so happy that the world will also get to meet Elsa by film. So it's great. And you have another adult novel coming out. Yes, it's called Straff in Swedish and that's kind of punishment in English. And that's uh, what I talked about earlier, what my mother has been through, the boarding schools. So it's a story about five children being taken from their families at seven years old and put to these boarding schools where they can't speak Sami and where they are like getting to hear things like you should be ashamed of who you are and you should be ashamed of your culture and you're of a lower race and so on. So the story takes place in the 50s, but also in the 80s, when the children are all grown up and uh, dealing with the consequences of their childhood. And is that book written, delivered? Yes, it has just uh, come out in uh, here in Sweden. And it is like on the top of the book list and uh, selling the most in Sweden for the past uh, three weeks. So it's going quite well. And uh, so I'm so happy. Much uh, is happening concerning this book also. Well, congratulations. That's Anne-Helene Lastedius. And the book Stolen is published by Bloomsbury and it's out now. Anne-Helene, many thanks to you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Monocle Reads, thanks to our producer, Nora Hull. And you can download this show and previous episodes from our website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Georgina Godwin. 
Thank you for listening.